0: Thank you for tuning in to the Just For Lead Podcast. I'm your host, H.B. Mac. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. This podcast is raw, authentic, and unscripted. With that being said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just For Lead Podcast. I'm your host, H.B. Mac, And today, I am honored to have this lovely young lady. Uh, we met through Instagram. We connected. Once she told me her story, I was like, I have to find a platform where we can exchange each other ideas and stories and whatnot. Her name is Miss Gillian. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, Herbie. I'm great. How are good. you? I'm Thanks good. I'm good. good, good.
0: Anytime, anytime. Um, before we start, I want you to tell people your story and obviously tell them what what do you do now?
1: Sure, sure. Um well, uh, you know, the very beginning of my story is, um, and I'll be very blunt. I lost my beautiful 15 year old daughter suicide, um, six years ago. It was, um, life altering. It was devastating. She was my world. Her name was Abby. She was 15 years old. She was in high school and she was an amazing, amazing girl. Um, and you know, again, extremely life-changing and, and what happened to not only, not only for our family, but for the entire community, it was, it was pretty shocking that she took her own life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which no parent wants to deal with that. You know, it's supposed to be the other way around, you know, it's, it's like an unwritten rule. Um, when you reached out to me through, um, Instagram or messenger, I can't remember. Um, and you told me the story, I was like, wow, it was it connected with me in a way because i was that 14 15 year old kid who life changed i was battling depression and no one knew what it was you know it's, it's a it's something that's not talked about i think now it is with um you know with social media and everything's happening and now you're seeing the 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 green ribbons and the purple and the teal so it's it's outstanding with that but it's like during this time no one can tell you how seri- how real mental health is and depression is it's it's one of the things that's unfortunate it affected you and your family you know
1: yeah yeah um and you're right it's not the natural order of things um uh i have learned so much in the last six years about mental illness and uh what it can do to you physically emotionally mentally and um I I have a much better sense now. I will say that we knew what we knew at the time. Um, Abby was diagnosed with clinical depression about a year and a half before she died, which was shocking to our family because, and, and to everyone else for that matter, because she was, you know, again, on the outside, this outgoing, beautiful, blonde, varsity cheerleader with a lot of friends and a lot of love to give. She was very compassionate and you know everybody wanted to be like her everybody wanted to be like abby they they looked up to her and um you know a few girls said to me after she died now granted you know these were 15 year olds 15 16 year olds and said you know i was kind of jealous of abby i wanted to be like abby abby was perfect and when I started to hear those things, it reminded me and it told me what kind of pressure she was under. So not only just being a 15 year old high school girl, but also um, dealing with her own self doubt and self worth, and feeling that um, peer pressure every single day, unintentional peer pressure, mind you, Um, nothing done on purpose, you know, she was never bullied or anything like that. But Depression is very real and her depression was really bad. And we thought we were doing all the right things. You know, we therapists and doctors, um, she suffered from really bad migraines. So it was that combination, you know, that kind of perfect storm. And again, she took her own life the last day of school. Um, she was a sophomore and she had finals coming up the next week. Um, we talked about how much she had to look forward to. She was going to be going to camp. And, you know, she had said to me that week that she was um, feeling stressed. Um, And I said, honey, you know, you're going to get through your finals and you have so much to look forward to. And little did I know what was behind that one comment.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I I think, you know, when I was 14, 15, the pressure of school... By itself is different. You know, you have so many people looking at you, judging you, being hard on you. Oh, you're not wearing this, or you're not the cool kid because you don't have these sneakers or, or whatever the latest fashion trend is during that time. And then you have to get good grades on top of that. Because if you don't get good grades, the parents are going to be mad at you. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? For a while, my report card was literally all S. And my parents was like, hey, what's going on? The teachers was like, hey, he's just here, quiet. He doesn't bother anybody. He sits in a corner. He takes the notes. He raises hands in class. He's just not doing the homework or it just wasn't sticking to me. And they didn't understand the signs of depression. Um, I think it was beautiful that you, you was like, okay, maybe my daughter needs help. Let me go see a therapist or a counselor or a psychiatrist to actually yeah. see what's wrong. Um, which is, I applaud you for that, you know, being on top of it. Like, I know as a parent, it's it's hard to be hard on yourself, you know, like, oh man, I, I should have did this differently. I should have did that, but you did your best and that's what matters. And that, I think that's, that's what's being a good parent is doing your best, you know, uh-huh. using the tools that you have and doing your best. Um, but when school like was happening, my parents didn't realize what was going on. They just thought, I was acting out because it was that teenager phase. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm sad, you know, I am, I'm, I'm sad. Until I had that awkward conversation with my grandma who just pretty much like cursed me out in a way where it's like, hey, you have so much to give to you. And my grandmother never cursed at me the whole time in my life. So that was like a, whoa, maybe I'm bugging out which I was blessed because I was able to go to summer school, night school and day school to really graduate on time. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: when, when you decided, okay, let me go to a professional and see what's going on. How was that process?
1: Honestly, horrible, horrible. Um, You get thrown into this new world. There's, as I say, there's no fast track in getting help. It is a full-time job and, and talking to therapists and getting the right medications and, Um, constantly trying to figure things that are going on now. Understand that, you know, when you're that age, um, it is very easy to hide what is really going on with you. And that's why we talk about how important it is to speak out, reach out, find a trusted adult. You know, um, if you talk to a friend, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, talk about, you know, why it's so important for young adults now to learn how to look for signs of you know depression or suicide ideation. Um, the process um, is hopeful in a way that um, more and more people are talking about this, but we still need we still have a long, long way to go. I mean I am not a professional, but I will tell you that um, you know the last uh, therapist that Abby saw three months before she died said, "You know what, Abby, you're doing great i I don't I think we're good now. I think we're good. I mean, it was so shocking to me, but I was like, oh, okay. She's a professional. You know, she's one that's understanding. She knows what she's
0: talking about.
1: Again, Abby was 15 years old and knew how to hide things really well. And Herbie, what I love about you is that you are able to open up and and tell people what you've gone through. And storytelling is so critical in being able to help uh, others and and reach out and um the more we share our stories the more i think we can we can help people and thank you please know that you know that you're not alone i yeah. think that's, that's really one of the most important messages totally.
0: yeah it is um it really that's the reason why i started storytelling um being on instagram i took a probably probably about a 3 4 year break from instagram just mentally i wasn't there and then, because I was going through my my dark phase and, and that dark chapter in that book of mine, and I was able to build myself up. And then I was like, you know what? I just have to tell my story. Let me just be an advocate and just tell my story. Because I know there's someone out there that's similar to me that's going through it, or maybe who just needs something to, that, that window of hope, you know, oh, oh, it's not that bad. If he was able to, to overcome it for all these years. I can do it. And that's why I started telling my stories and the DMs that I was getting every day from people that I don't know. And I was saying, thank you. And I was like, okay, maybe this is my calling. Maybe this is the reason why I'm here. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why I got chance after chance after chance to, hey, share your story. You're going to connect with people in a way where you probably can't even imagine. And so far, it's been a blessing. You know, I'm out in uh, Tampa and you're out in Connecticut, where it's like, we're able to connect and not only share our stories, but we have the same goal and to help people out and and spread that mental health awareness.
1: That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we, we have to continue to talk about it and we have to continue to, um, you know, make sure that, that you understand that, you know, depression is a brain disease. It is, Mm -hmm just like breaking your arm, you know, but it's not, it's not visible. That's the problem. It's not visible. And it's very hard to articulate how you're feeling. And and when that depression starts talking to you and saying, you're a bad person and you're not worthy and everybody's better off without you. I mean, how horrible for me to think that my daughter even felt that way we had, we truly had a loving family and we thought we were doing our best, but um, suicide does not discriminate. It does not discriminate. And as you were saying, you have to have that glimmer of hope. You have to know somehow that there is hope and help available, and you will get through this. And it's very hard to tell someone, like, oh, you have so much going on. You have you know, you've got it all, you know, I mean, and I know, I know all of that comes up when, when a celebrity dies by suicide, like Robin Williams, it's like, well, he had everything. How could he even dream of taking his own Mm -hmm. life? And that's when the reality sinks in that it will, this is what depression, you know, or bipolarity or any of these horrible um, brain diseases, you know, can, can do to you as a person. So you know, yeah, keep spreading that that message of of hope.
0: I'm, I'm and- trying to. I'm trying to. I think, um, you know, having guests like yourself on and sharing their stories and it's just gonna help so many people out. It's gonna help so many people out. And I I want you to tell people not only what happened afterwards, because obviously your life changed, and but it to me, I think it changed in a way where it's like, wow, this is powerful. Like mm-hmm. that moment, you're like. Okay, how can I help someone else out? So this way, this doesn't happen to anybody else's family. And you started. Go ahead.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, well, um, I, I mean, I will tell you the the day after Abby died, and I do go back to that. I go back, and you know, everything is kind of before Abby passed away and after she passed away, and a, a lot of grieving parents, you know, will do this because our life has been dramatically changed forever and we miss them terribly. We love them with all of our hearts. And um, it's a struggle every day um, when you lose someone so close to suicide. Again, you know, it's that horrible frantic feeling of why didn't I do this and why didn't I do that? And you you have to be very careful not to go down that rabbit hole. Um, But I think um, the day after she died, this school called my husband and he was a teacher at her school. And said what do you want us to say and he immediately said we need to tell every young person that she was friends with that she died by suicide she took her own life because he didn't want anybody to think oh my gosh what could i have done differently what could i i mean you're going to think that but we didn't want any other um horrific uh you know suicide ideation or anything else to happen and we needed people to understand that she was struggling with depression. Now, she took, she told a few people that she was on medication and that she had depression, but it was just kind of her closest friends. And even then, she didn't talk about it a lot. So uh, here we are, um, six years later, and uh, at the beginning of this year in January, I was um, able to start my own foundation, and it's called My Friend Abby. And the whole purpose of the foundation is to empower young adults to actively create peer to peer connections through grants that improve mental and emotional health and allow young adults to take action and do something. So whether it's uh, creative projects, you know, it could be poetry slam, it could be a play that they've written, it could be, um, you know, painting rocks. There's all kinds of wonderful. I wanted to put the onus on the young adults, youth and young adults um, and put my energies there because this is really important. um, Abby's friends were the ones that really rallied after she died. Again, the whole community was so shocked, but they quickly understood what a valuable life lesson this was. And um, they really, um, again, rallied and picked up on talking uh, instantly talking about how important our mental health is. Um, so that's, that's beautiful. The, yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah.
0: beautiful, especially for young adults. Um, you know, in high school, as I said, nobody was talking about it and not, you know, we all felt that pressure or we all was going through something at home, but nobody was talking about it. It wasn't a safe place. And for you to sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to start my own nonprofit and actually help the young adults out that's talking about it, give them grants. So when they decide to go to college, they can have a little something of, man, I'm glad I'm a part of this. Or they can spread the word of not only my friend, Abby, but mental health as well. Like, Hey, Hey, are you okay? It's okay to to not feel okay. Let's talk about it. Let's have this conversation or they can guide them to the next person, which is beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah, you don't have to be a professional to understand the basics of how to look out for a friend, how to um you know, go with your gut if something doesn't feel right or know the fact that it's so important to talk to a trusted adult. If a friend friend says something to you, if a friend entrusts you with the information and says, "I'm going to take my own life," that you take that very seriously. Yeah. And then followed by that, they say but don't tell my parents. And if you do, I will never be your friend again. That happens all the time. So you are, when that, when that is put on you, you need to immediately make sure that you seek out help. And that friend is going to be very grateful later on. Um, So that's, you know, that's, that's when somebody's in crisis mode, but there's some wonderful programs that young adults can, can take. Um, Our organization itself is not uh, we don't deal in crisis mode. Again, we, tried to go in very early on 10 years plus, you know, 10 years plus, sadly, um, you know, suicides are, are getting younger. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, they're not slowing down right now, especially in today's environment. So again, the more we can open up and talk about it, the more we can plant those seeds and have, uh, young adults, uh, become passionate about self care and um you know mental health awareness and mental health mental illness awareness yeah. you know um i think I think the statistic is one in one in four uh young adults in the last couple of months have uh, struggled with suicide ideation that number is huge people do not realize you know that suicide is the second leading cause of death yes. in young adults um you know ages like fourteen to twenty five yeah
0: yeah. Second and
1: leading I, cause of death. That,
0: that was the cause of me just spreading my word. I sat down and I just started doing some research out of just curiosity. And I went down a rabbit hole that I was like, whoa, this is scary. And yeah. especially now with the pandemic happening, I'm pretty sure the numbers got higher.
1: Oh yeah, know? they have. Absolutely. And and I, I also want to reiterate the fact that suicide does not discriminate. Um, you know, I know... A big part of what we're also trying to do is is just educate parents. This could happen to your family. This could happen to you. Um, you know, a lot of times you turn a blind eye. It's it's listen. It's not a fun subject to talk about, no, is it? No. It's, it's not crazy.
0: like sports or something where you're like, "Hey, did you see LeBron James? Did you see this? Did you see the Yankee game?" It's like, no, this is serious.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's it's depressing. It's depressing. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's but. But it is there, it is in many, many families. And mm-hmm. if we don't talk about it, then we're gonna be in even bigger trouble. So again, I, I encourage you know, all of us um, you know, learning the steps. What do you do? You know, there, are, um, there is the crisis text line, which we need to make sure we mention, which is you can text HOME, H-O-M-E to 741741. Um, and then there's also the, um, the suicide hotline, which is a really important number, um, uh, which I have to look at my piece of paper here. Cause I should know this off the top of my head, but it is changing in 2000, you know, in next year, it's going to be, it's going to change. But, um, right now it's 1-800-273-TALK. So that's 1-800-273-8255. Um, it's, it's important things like that, that, you know, that we have to remember. Yeah. And again, I need to memorize that, that number. Everybody oh, trust me. I, there's I, been
0: some people that's been in my DMs and they've been showing the, the, the red flags of, oh, okay. Okay. Hey, we can talk all day, anytime. And I'll send them to the crisis number. Like, Hey, it, seek a professional, man.
1: Yes. Yeah. And,
0: and they get uncomfortable. They get mad. Why are you telling me I'm talking to you? And it's like, yes. But at the same time, I'm not physically there with you. You're literally thousands of miles away. I'm here with you talking, but talk to them, DM me, we can do this together. And it helped. And it helped.
1: There is absolutely nothing wrong with seeking help, with getting therapy, with getting uh, you might need medication, you know, just, just making sure that you have um, a whole uh, army behind you because your life is so valuable. Your life is so very important. And there is so much more um, that, that you have to look forward to. Um, that, that, that struggle is um, not necessarily just a one-time thing. You could live with depression and suicide ideation for the rest of your life, but you can figure out how to manage it. And that's so very important.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I had a conversation with um with a psychiatrist. I had him on as a guest. And I was telling him, you know, people on the outside, they, they look at, oh, man, I have to take this medicine as a bad thing. And I, and I explained to him it's not. I think the way we, we, we view mental health, people feel like that. But I, I try to explain to them it's not. Sometimes we need assistance. You know, it's, and it's okay. We all, we all need help at some point, but don't feel bad that you need help. There's some people that may be going through things that no one knows about, right? Like, oh, oh, somebody's a diabetic, but they have to take some sort of diabetic medicine, some insulin. And it's like, that's fine. That's okay. That is normalized. Why can't we normalize taking meds from a psychiatrist and it's just helping you stay stable?
1: Yeah. And the, and the one word that always comes to mind for me also is the word shame. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We should never be ashamed of what we're going through. Um, you know, there's so many statistics right now in the LGBTQ community, in the black community, there's so much going on culturally, you know, there's history of culture that, you know, families don't talk about this. We don't talk about this. Mm -hmm. You know Um, I have so many people say to me, Oh my gosh, I had an uncle, you know, who, who took his own life 10 years ago. And my family didn't even tell me about it until last year. They told me he died from a heart attack. You know, I mean, we have to stop the shame. We have Mm -hmm. to stop that stigma.
0: I I think now with social media and especially like with the pandemic, you see everybody's talking about it and it's, It sucks that it took a pandemic for people to really, hey, this mental health thing is is serious. I think once everybody was quarantined and you can't leave the house or they're telling you we're on lockdown, you realize, wow, this is how someone feels when they're depressed. They're not able to be their self that they, instead of being in a prison of their house, they're in a prison in their mind. You know, let's let's give these people some credit.
1: That's right. There's, there's physical isolation, which is what we're all dealing with now with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then there's that isolation in your head Mm -hmm. that many people have. And that's why connection is so important. And that's why, um, again, I created my friend Abby because we are all about connecting, connecting peers, um, you know, understanding that we all have a story to tell and, um, we can all be there for each other, uh, and I think the the more we are outward about doing projects when we give out grants. So we have a process now. I'm really excited about it. The um, again, the organization just became official in January, but we have a process where every quarter we give out grants to young adults. We have a, um, a you know online you can apply. I, I would love to encourage your audience to apply for grants uh, again uh, from the age. Everything of, will be
0: in the description. Trust oh good, me. Yes,
1: good. Yes, yes. So so from the age of, of ten to twenty six, if if you have an idea about, you know, getting out there and being bold and doing something about mental health. I mean, even, you know, I mean some of the projects we had a couple of young girls who, um, at the very height of the pandemic, they went out together socially distanced. Um, and they picked up garbage because a lot of the garbage pickup wasn't being done in the uh, some of the trails that are you know in in the area in their area. They, they 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 did it, and they talked about how good it was for their mental health just to be outside, just mm-hmm. to be doing something physical. It sounds small, but it's huge, and it's so encouraging. I think to others.
0: Oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. Before we go, please tell people how to find you.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. So the organization is, um, uh, my friend Abby and our website is my And there's lots of information there on how you can apply, you know, for a grant. Um, uh, we're certainly on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you just look up my friend Abby. Uh, and I think we're a unique organization in that we don't work directly with the schools. We are working directly with young adults because again, Uh, I saw that passion after Abby died, her friends just, just picked up and, and ran with the whole concept of, of trying to help others. And I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Abby had a, um, uh, an amazing English teacher. Um, and he, on the last day of school, he said, write about whatever you want. She chose to write an aspirational list. How ironic is that? Yeah. Um, Her list included some amazing fun things that 15 year olds talk about. Like I want to meet Chance the Rapper. (laughs) I want to, I want to swim in the Maldive islands. I want to, you know, ride in the back of a police cruiser. I want to be on the prices. Right. You know, she had all these fun things, but again, what her friends picked up on, um, she had 38 items on this list and number 37 was help others in a big way. And number 38 was live a happy life. And those are things that we aspire to do every single day with with our our organization.
0: I love it. I am love it. I'm so grateful for our connection. Um, I am and too. I'm so grateful to have you on this podcast, of course, and sharing this. I think people need to hear this, especially the young adults.
1: Thank you so much, Harvey. I really do appreciate it. And you keep up the good work. It's amazing you. what Thank you're you. doing and, and really, really inspiring um, others. I think it's so important. And if again, if anybody has uh, any questions, they can certainly email me. It's um, info at myfriendabbie.org.
0: Thank you again, Gillian. I appreciate it. I love the work that you're doing. If you Want to check out the amazing work that she's doing. If you want to see the kids who are receiving these grants, go to myfriendabby.org. Or if you want to donate to help the young youth, the young adults to get more grants to help out their education, you can go to myfriendabby.org. Once again, this is the Just Believe Podcast. I'm your man, H.P. Mack. Until next
1: week, I'll see you next time.